Welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Show for Season 4, Episode 2, titled WTF, Wrestling's Trashiest Fighters. My name's Joe Batanz, and I am joined, as always, by one pugilistic co-host. First from the podcast pod is my co-pilot. Please say... All right, Kirstie Alley, before Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> to Taylor, the latte boy. Hello, Taylor, the latte boy. Bonjour, lady. <laughs> Bonjour. Uh, how are you, Taylor, the latte boy? I'm doing all right. I'm doing, I'm, 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 I'm a mess. I'm exhausted. <laughs> oh, no. What happened? I have been taking this herb, this supplement called ashwagandha. Uh-huh. Which what the fuck I'll- did you just call me? <laughs> Excuse me. Um, yeah. And it is supposed to lower cortisol levels. It helps with my. Uh, it just helps with my stress level. Um, and it does all of these wonderful things. My therapist told me about it. But one of the things that I really love is it's really helped with my sleep. And it's worked great for about six weeks. And it has suddenly turned on me. And I wake up at about twenty after five every morning and then i just lay there for 45 minutes and then i have a half an hour of where i have a weird dream that i can never remember and then i wake up and i'm like have to start my day and i just for some reason i am not feeling it today mm-hmm. it might also be the abundance of sugar that i had last night before i went to bed so i almost had like a sugar hangover today speaking of sugar so uh, I, I'm going to actually work backwards in time. Today, I messaged you about this podcast. Yes. Called, I forget what it's called. Have you ever heard of that podcast before? No, because it's a Disneyland podcast. So I wouldn't normally go to that. I would, I well, would look have, more for a Disney World one. They have a fair number of Disney World things in there. So what it is. So it's, it's, I would, I don't know. I, 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 I didn't start listening to the podcast t- t- until today. But I had heard about it years ago from our friend, uh, Dr. Wesley Pythagoras Stone. Okay. And he's a big Disney nut and he loves this podcast. And what the premise of this podcast is, is this, this person who runs this podcast, it seems like he has a couple people who work with him. They go to the Disney parks. So he probably has an Orlando friend. Okay. Mm-hmm. And they just record the ambient sounds. You've told me park. about this before. Okay. So I had never listened, okay? And so I know they do Disney World because I recently, I, you know, I asked about, I went to Disneyland yesterday and it came up in conversation. So I asked Wes about it and he kindly, kindly gave me the podcast name. I subscribed and I wanted to take a listen to it today and I had to scroll down to get to Disneyland. So there's a lot of Disney World recently, okay? Okay. And, um, but the reason I sent you this one, the one, the episode I sent you in particular was I felt it was an episode that would really resonate with you. And for anyone mm-hmm. listening, by the way, I, I have to look at the name of the podcast. It's called like Windows to the K- Magic or something. A Window right? to the Magic. Disneyland Adventure the- Podcast. Yeah. And um, what this guy did was, uh, I guess on May 3rd or something like that, around then, Disneyland reopened after being closed for over a year. Right. And he recorded himself going to the park for the first time, and he was there before the gates opened. And I this—I don't know if you heard about this, but it was in the news. They had maybe they did this in Disney World as well. They had all the cast members lining up Main Street and thanking the guests for coming and saying good morning. 
And uh, so this guy's going to the park and he's trying – he announces, I guess, the show or whatever. And he mm-hmm. can't get through it without crying. And you're hearing all these cast members saying, good morning, welcome back. We've missed you. And um, I, feel like I figured that was something that would speak to you. I can see you <laughs> liking that. Well, are you already crying? There is. I am not crying right now. No, I'm not. I'm not that exhausted emotionally that that would make me cry. I could see where that would. We um, have recently booked a cruise for like mm-hmm. in three weeks on a Disney mm-hmm. cruise. And mm-hmm. inevitably, uh, I'm going with my friend Taffy. She cries every time they blow horn at the at the at the castaway party at the sail away party where they play mm-hmm. when you wish upon a star on the horn. And I have definitely teared up a couple of times on the ship. I can see where after a year of not getting to do go to Disney, where that could be at a very emotional and especially doing something again. The great thing about Disney is that they do things. They will sometimes do things that they never have done before and will never do again. And mm-hmm. this would be an example of that. It's so funny because, you know, he does a podcast uh, for a show, for Disney, you know, where he uh-huh. regularly does this stuff. And he wasn't able to do it for a year and he was crying that he gets to do it again. If they put RuPaul's Drag Race <laughs> on hiatus for a year, I would be crying because I had to do it again. <laughs> no, no, I think we you know and that's I would not be, true. You and I would be, if they, if they actually took a year off, mm-hmm. One, think of all the things we could get done in our lives mm-hmm. <laughs> if, if there was no RuPaul's Drag Race for a year. But also, if they announced a new cast and everything, you and I would be super, super excited about it. Well, yeah. The proof in the pudding, though, is – and, uh, you know, I, I don't want to talk too much about this because it's going to – this podcast, this episode, even for the people who hear it for the first time, won't air for at least another six weeks. Okay. Right. Uh, is, you know, I was talking to my friend Jay Ellis today, he of After Buzz TV, and I was saying, listen, because mm-hmm. he's never seen one season of Drag Race UK. And I said, do me a favor. I go, I can't speak for the whole season, but this first episode of the season, I don't know what your thoughts are, Taylor. It, I liked it so much. And I was like, this yes. is what Drag Race used to feel like. It's light. Yes. It's fun. Mm-hmm. Like... I, I, and I consider myself a prognosticator of all prognosticator of who's going to, even though I'm always wrong. I couldn't, I couldn't tell you who's in the top four. I couldn't tell you anything. Yeah. I'm just as excited to see every, as everybody else what's going to happen on this season. Yeah. I and, agree. And so I think you're right. I think for a new season, it, it, it doesn't have the jaded, I don't feel jaded about it the way I do about the flagship show. Well, when you compare, the first episode of season three and we're, we're talking about season four, the thing that I think works so well with drag race UK season three, and you can compare it to this is they're both very raw. There's still a rawness to season four. You're starting to see the polish. You're mm-hmm. starting to see that where people are starting to figure out, Oh, maybe I want a catchphrase or I, I know that my, you know, the path to stardom is to play a role, that kind of thing. Whereas I think when you mm-hmm. watch the earlier seasons, that's not there yet. It's it's mm-hmm. it's moving into that reality show versus the competition versus the parody versus all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, that is something where I really kind of enjoyed. My husband was not, he's like, I can't believe you're going to watch another season of another. And I'm like, no, I love Drag Race UK. And he watched it by the time it was over. He was like, that was really good. And I'm like, yeah, that was a really, really good episode. 
So mm-hmm. I agree with you. Absolutely. And I have no idea uh, who's going to win that season either. Yeah, I have no idea. Now, let's get back to Disneyland. Okay. okay. So, but now we're going to jump to another place in time. To not the, yes, I went yesterday, but now we're, not, we're not talking about yesterday yet. I want to talk about two weeks ago. And I've told this story on multiple shows about what happened with me and Evil John. You got uh, a blow-by-blow tweet storm about – not tweets, or text storm about what was happening. Yes. In the moment. As yeah, it was in happening. The I want everybody to know – and this is the first time I've talked about this. <laughs> this Taylor Lante boy was so sick of me texting him. At a certain point, I could hear in his voice. I know this Taylor so well. <laughs> he was like, oh, my. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I'm going to take a shower now, Joe. <laughs> and then I'm going to have dinner with my husband. You have a great time at Disneyland. <laughs> And I was like, oh, man, that guy's the bitchy-ass text message I just got right now. All right. It wasn't really bitchy. I'm not going to lie. That was, that is, if not a if not a direct phrasing, a paraphrasing that is very close to it. I know that when you're in the middle of that, because you were doing, you literally sent me, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, as separate text messages, all within mm-hmm. about five seconds of each other, mm-hmm. telling me about this. That if I don't respond right away, then that becomes an issue. So I was trying to prepare you that I was going to disappear for a little while while I took a shower, while I had dinner, while I did all these other different things. What everyone's talking about, because it's going to be six weeks from now, is uh, Jungle Cruise. I um, got into it with a cholo, and then Evil John ran away, and then <laughs> that was it. I, did, I was at Disneyland yesterday, and I did mm-hmm. take a picture, I need to, and I need to put it on Discord. I took a picture because I don't know if I gave it a good job describing what the line is like because um, people were, don't, were kind of confused maybe. But I have it right here. And then you can see, and I'll post it in the Discord in a second, is this is what – so there's the rope. And so at that door is where I was standing waiting mm-hmm. for the Johns to come back. And as you can tell – Taylor, you know Disney. So, you know, once you go in that door, you can't – there's no turning back. There's no jumping. You're done. You know, yeah. so I was I was waiting for them to come back, and then that's where the cholo walked up to me. He's like, "The line's back there," and I I got a little short with him. Uh, <laughs> Aren't you a little short with everybody, though? Well, this guy was shorter than that's why. Because my parents were like, "Weren't you afraid of the cholo?" I'm like, no, he was so much. If anything, even if he had a knife, I would just sit on him. You know, like that would just. <laughs> he was so little. You know, he was like a little Twinkie cholo. <laughs> where you were proverbially doing there where you had your hand and arm length that's is out and he was trying to swing at you, but he couldn't that's, actually it, hit you. It would have been wearing like that. Mickey Mouse ears. <laughs> it would have been like that. Uh, because, because of how little he was as a cholo. So there's, and you know, they do security. So he, I know you didn't have a knife or anything on him. So what yeah. were you going to do to me? Cut to me laid out on the floor later. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Um, anyway, so I went to Disneyland yesterday and I know, so I was telling Taylor everything that was going on yesterday, last week. And he was like, you know, I have to set boundaries with evil John and it was no better this week, Taylor, I gotta tell you, we went there. The first thing he wanted to go on, there was no doll buying. Well, not until later. The first thing he wanted to go on was this Roger Rabbit tune. I'm sure they have that there in Toontown. The spinning ride. We don't have Toontown anymore. What do you mean you don't have Toontown anymore? 
We don't have Toontown. Toontown's been gone. That's where they made uh, room for New Fantasyland. Okay, so where's the Roger Rabbit ride? Is it gone? We've we've never had a Roger Rabbit ride. Oh, it's a stupid ride. You're not missing anything. So it's a Roger Rabbit ride. Okay. Okay. It's for it's for children, obviously in Toontown. And Evil John. And Evil John, right? Because the first thing ride we go in, like Lance, I want to. But by the way, again, it's so annoying. I hate. I, I will say of all the things, I don't even mind the children rides. It's that there's no fucking rhyme or reason where we go to in the park. So we want. So Toontown. I don't know where it was in. What, what park was it in Disney World? Magic Kingdom. Okay. So was it in the very back behind Fantasyland? Yes. Okay. So same thing here. And so we have to walk from the front of the park all immediately all the way to the back. Okay. Uh-huh. We walk there, and then it's like, okay, now what are we going to do? Like, well, why Why did we go here first, right? Uh-huh. So we go there, whatever, and because we were with a bunch of grown-ups and Evil John, we, and this is, to me, I love, we just walked around and ate churros, and I went on the uh, the Mark Twain riverboat, and okay. I had never been on that, believe it or not, um, because as a kid, I would always be like, that's for old people. I now love this. <laughs> I love this thing because it is for old people and it is the greatest right. thing ever. I told them I, I would sit on this all day and just go oh, around yeah. and around. Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. My favorite way. ride at the parks, people watching, sitting yeah. mm-hmm. on a bench and just watching families have meltdowns. That to me yeah. is the best ride at the park. Yeah. So then we have dinner at a restaurant none of them had ever been to before. And then it's, yeah, we've been there hours by this point. I mean, four or five hours. And again, we, it, we live very close by. Uh-huh. So I'm like, all right. John Paul says, are we done? Or do you want to go another ride? And uh, this always happens. Where John, Evil John is there, but he's busy playing Pokemon Go and not participating in the conversation. And the four of us decide, yeah, let's go home. Let's call it a day. We're tired. Four of five or four of four? Four of five. Okay. Yeah. Because another couple there. Okay. So now we're walking towards the, the park, and we're making it. We're just hitting Main Street, and Evil John looks up from his phone. He goes, Where, what are we doing? Where are we going? And John Paul says, we're going home. And he goes, we didn't go on any rides. Right? And we're like, well, we went on. <laughs> and he goes, well, I want to go like on another. you're talking about a seven-year-old. I know. Well, listen to this. I want you to use that knowledge. He goes, I want to go on one more ride. And I was tired. But for some reason, if he would have said Pirates or uh, Space Mountain or any ride, I would have been like, okay, fine. We ended up going to this ride. We were in line for 25 minutes to go on this Sakakta ride. Do you want to guess what ride it was? So, uh, I don't I'm assuming, by the way, I'm assuming they have this in Magic Kingdom. Uh, I'm trying to think of something that would be a crazy ride. Uh, the, 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 sp- the spinning rockets. I forget the nope. Astro Orbiters. Nope. Buzz I'm going to look up Magic Kingdom. Uh, no, we did that last time. Magic Kingdom, uh, map. Let me see if it's there. It definitely would be in Magic Kingdom for sure if it exists. 
Okay. Um, Magic Kingdom map. I'm looking at it right now. Um, oh my god. Um, I cancel. Big Thunder Mountain. Oh, your fantasy lands in a different place than ours. Um, no, same place, but like, no, it's not Big Thunder Mountain. I don't know that you guys have this ride. Is it Cars Land? No, that's in California Adventure. Yeah, we don't have that. Well, then I'll I'll have to tell you, because I'm not sure that you guys have it. Yeah. Do you have the storybook boats? No. The storybook land? Oh, my God, Taylor. This is a ride for literal babies. Mm-hmm. Okay. You get in a boat a la Small World. First okay. Of all outdoors. You get in a boat a la Small World, and then you go in and you go through like a, a, a whale's mouth, you know, from Pinocchio. Okay. okay. That's kind of cool. Then, okay. It is, that, that's the coolest part. And then when you come out the other side, they have just like, imagine again, like almost like a circuitous, like, like small world. Imagine like yeah. outdoors. Yeah. But they've built where the dolls would be. Uh-huh. Okay? Little tiny houses <gasps> from the movies. Like, so like Aladdin or Snow White. And then the person goes, tells you the story as they're going by the story. Like, right now to your right is where the three little pigs live. Oh, hope the big bad wolf doesn't come. You know? <laughs> okay. This is creepy. This is the beginning of our movie. Where the yeah. guy, where the killer takes you down to his basement and shows you all of his miniatures before he slits your throat. Yes, and Evil John insisted that we all go on that. Do you think? Okay, do you think that is one of those that he purposely picked that because he he was not getting his way? No, he had said this uh, last time because he was a little cross that we were leaving uh, last time was that he likes this ride at night that is really pretty at night. Was it dark when you guys were there? Yeah, it was dark. Mm-hmm. Okay. And is it prettier at night? I suppose. I mean, I'm not a four-year-old child. <laughs> this okay, is literally when was, where you would take a toddler to it. W- when was the last time you rode it? I've never been on it. Oh, okay. I've never... It, right, and right above it is this Casey Jr. Circus Train or something like that. Okay. I've never been on that because that also... Is for toddlers. Okay, but all right, I will say this. We like to say mm-hmm. we have never done that before at the parks. So even if it's something, mm-hmm. whether it's a ride or a restaurant or something. So mm-hmm. you've mentioned a couple of things that you said, I've never done this before. And I also know mm-hmm. Disneyland isn't as big of a park as like Disney mm-hmm. World and stuff is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Could you make this like sort of a goal? Because it sounds like you guys are going to go pretty regularly to always, even if it is something little key like Mm-hmm. That you could do one different thing at the park each time. Well, like we've written, will... they they have something called the Barnstormer, which is mm-hmm. a roller coaster, but it's definitely a roller coaster for like little kids. Mm-hmm. And w- I've ridden that before. Just it takes like forty five seconds, and you kind of. But I've done it just to say, well, we've never done that before. Now, so now we can say we've done it. Mm-hmm. Well, look, I will say with this, with this. I've probably officially done all the attractions at Disneyland. I'm trying to think if there's any attraction I have not done now. And I think those would have been the two that I haven't done. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
apart from Rise of the Resistance, because you have it's hard to get a, a pass. Uh, I think I've officially done every attraction. Now the restaurants are a different story because I think for a long time when I went to Disneyland, I either didn't eat there at all uh-huh. because I was, you know, I was like, I'm not going to eat there. I'm spending all that money. And, or I was too poor. So I would just eat at the burger places. Right. Now yeah. that she has some coin in her pocket and so did his <laughs> friends. Um, mm-hmm. so the restaurant we went to yesterday was one that I probably wouldn't usually have eaten at because it's more expensive. Right? Okay. Not necessarily ex- not super pricey, but just I would have been like, oh, well, I'd rather have a burger at the Hungry Bear restaurant than a $25 uh, shrimp and grits. It's not what I had, but that's what Evil John had, you know? Okay. So, uh, yes, I'm starting to hit the restaurants more and more. Okay. Uh, yeah. It's been a while since we've uh, – we're – we both – we're trying to figure out if we're going to renew our passes or not. And mm-hmm. I think that if we do, we're definitely going to want to use them more often just because to get mm-hmm. our money's worth out of it. Yeah. Right now, I'm at each trip has cost me $500. Because, each weekend uh, has cost you $500? Well, if you the, the, the cost of the pass. The, what? The cost of the annual pass. Oh, the oh, okay. Okay. So I right now, I've saying. gone two times. So it's, yeah. we're at $500. I wish so, there was a way that you could see how many times you've been. I'm sure that if there's on a computer someplace that every time that you've had a ticket scanned or something like yeah. that, or, or the magic bands, but. Mm-hmm. So they're still so, doing the virtual queuing for Rise of the Resistance. Here in California, yes. Yeah, they just stopped last week to where it's just an open line to where you could, you could oh. just go and stand in line. They have, I, I yeah, have, they no have the line space. They have the line space. They just haven't done it. And what, yeah. It was very hard. I mean, I'm, I'm sure they were similar in Florida, but. You had to either wake up at seven or be in the park at noon to yeah, make the reservation. Uh, that, the be in the park at noon is a relatively new thing. You had to be in the park, um, right at like they they open the park at like eight thirty, and then mm-hmm. you had to be in standing like in front of Rise of the Resistance at like nine o'clock. And oh. Rodan was always really good at getting that. Um, mm-hmm. So the the two times I've ridden it, that was that was true. That was pure Rodan. Hmm. Uh okay. Uh well let's actually it's we've been yeah. doing this for 20 minutes now. Uh this week the girls make a quick attempt to put some junk in their trunks for the maxi challenge. The girls will divide up into teams and transform themselves into female wrestlers. In the end, team Chad Michaels was named the winner of the challenge, with Chad Michaels and Madame LaQueer taking home the top honors. Meanwhile, the princess and LaShawn Beyond went head to head in a lip sync battle for their lives. In the end, the princess lived to see another day while LaShawn Beyond was asked to sashay away, Taylor the Latte Boy, name two things you liked about the episode and one thing you did not. Um, This is a challenge that I remember from season four and mm-hmm. definitely really enjoyed. Um, I, I liked this challenge very much. Um, and I, I don't know that I necessarily have a second thing that I liked, uh, but I know that I definitely enjoyed the idea of this challenge. It was something very different and um, it allowed there to be some physicality that we don't normally see. It's usually just about choreography, even though this was wrestling choreography, just not dancing choreography, so to say. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say my, I don't really have a second thing. My least favorite thing that I think that I did not like about this. Now you have this Todrick call. Yeah. This hamburger marries. Sure. 
this Billy B Ugh. is so horrible as a judge. Horrible. He is he offers nothing constructive. Nothing. No. And was just and I know that he comes back and I feel like he's also in season five, I think once or twice. Mm-hmm. Um, but just I completely forgot about him until they showed him and was immediately like, ow. So and it what feels about you? like they were auditioning him to replace Santino. There she's like, Welcome home, she says to him. Yeah. And there was this sort of like or at least have him alternate with I'm very curious to hear what happened with Billy B. You know what's so funny is when I was doing serious with um Larry Flick. Yeah. Okay. And uh that we did a we did the show with a guy named Sergio. Okay. Yes, I remember that. And the one thing I'll say about Sergio is he was very high up there in the fashion magazine world. Okay. Uh-huh. And um he um we were off the air. We we're a commercial break. And I don't remember why Billy B came up. And oh my god, I don't think they would ever say it in the air. He and Larry Flick talked so much shit on Billy B. They knew him. I don't know how Larry knew him, but Sergio knew him and was like, oh, he's the worst. He's like a he like did Lady Gaga's makeup one time and he made a career off of it. And like, yeah, um, yeah, because I went and looked up his like Wikipedia page after this. Like, why do you never hear anything about him? He did the he did the makeup for a bunch of videos, but but he did mostly the one that he's known for is telephone. Yeah. And that he's like a horrible person and like blah, 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 blah. And, um, uh, and I was like, oh, good. I'm glad to see the Billy B. And I have a, I wonder if Rue was being nice to Billy B, hoping that because he played this Lady Gaga card that she could get close to Lady Gaga and get her on the show. Maybe. Um, I don't know. Well, it makes sense. It makes sense that Larry would know her because Larry was friends with Rue. So maybe they yeah, were maybe. all friends together. I could ask Larry next time I talk to him. Uh, I've been meaning to call him. He moved to Wales. Yeah. And it's just more of the time difference because that bitch, I mean, I don't know if it's the same, but she used to go to bed at like six when she was here. (laughs) So that would be like nine or 10 in the morning for me. I was going to say, that's like nine or 10 your time at that point. Yeah. So I'm like, by the time I remember to call him, he's asleep. (laughs) So I got to make a concerted effort to call him. Anyway, um, uh, yeah, Billy B is a horrible human being. He's in my notes, and I'm glad you brought him up now. All right, the two things I did about the episode, the one thing I did not. Two things. I also remember this episode. Uh, I don't, there's not really much to this episode, and I'm wondering, so I'm, I'm actually going to skip my two things and one thing I didn't, because I don't really have strong feelings either way about this episode. But I'll say this, and this is my, because the whole point of the two things you liked and the one thing you didn't, is to just give a sort of general overview of what we thought about the episode. Uh-huh. And what I'll say is, is so far what I'm seeing on these first two episodes is I don't think this season is good, is, is as good as people think it is. Because, and I think it might be another situation, which I learned with season three, where it's more about Untucked. Because I don't know if you watched Untucked. I did. But I did watch yeah. Untucked. And it was very good. It, it was, was very, very good. Yes. Yeah. And I, I have to go back and watch the episode one untucked, but I imagine that since that's the one with obviously the 
this ain't RuPaul's best friend race quote, that there's some fireworks uh-huh. backstage on that one too. And I'm wondering if people remember it because uh, this is what my thing is with season three. People just remember Untuck being really good. So they remember the whole season being good. And I wonder if it's the same thing with season four or in the context of when it was, it was really good. So far, it's very whatever. And I happen to know that a lot of the big memorable moments from this season happened fairly early on. And in fact, I think the next episode is when we have the big, um, what said he said the um party, party city fight i think is the next episode i could be wrong i think no it's happen- gotta be the one after that because sharon wins sharon sharon wins a episode a wins a challenge and that's what the argument is about because fifi picked her for like the team or something and uh, then she uh, kind okay. of threw fifi under the bus and then that is that, so it's it's not this one next one, but it's the one after. If if if, okay. if Sterren wins the next one, it's the one after that. Okay, that might make sense because then that would be episode three and then episode four. I remember it's fairly early on, right? And um and then I don't really remember because I think isn't the next episode is the next episode the the uh the sitcom challenge? It might be. Yeah, the, all those memorable episodes happen really up front. And then I don't remember really the rest of the season. And so like I think this is going to be a show that's all about Untucked, if I, if I could be wrong. But I, I think it's going to be a show that's all about Untucked because I don't know. I mean, I don't know. It just seems this this episode was just very run-of-the-mill forgettable. But I remember yeah. it. Uh, I remember it because of the wrestling and whatnot. Um, but all right, let's move on. After Elisa's elimination, the girls forced Jiggly to wipe off Elisa's lipstick. Um, mirror message. Jiggly justifies her place in the competition. Meanwhile, Latrice gives LaShawn a pep talk and congratulates her on her performance from last week. Next, RuPaul entered the workroom to announce this week's mini-challenge. The girls have 30 minutes to construct some padding and perform a catwalk with their newly formed junk in their trunk. In the end, the winners are Fifi, Willem, and Chad Michaels. Taylor, your thoughts on everything up through the mini-challenge? Um, the thing that really kind of stood out for me with the mini challenge was this is a mini challenge that goes along with what we know about drag, meaning that you mm-hmm. have to, it's not something that doesn't make any sense. It is a quick drag challenge specifically related to padding. Um, mm-hmm. and even I think it's Chad at one point says, you know, it usually takes me a couple of hours to create padding for myself. The idea of doing mm-hmm. this in 30 minutes is, is crazy. Yeah. Um, I also know that there is definite aspects of this challenge that they could never do now mm-hmm. there. Um, Sharon makes a comment about the yes. lips and Africa or something that yes. I cringed when she said it was like, she would be crucified if she said this now. And yeah. just the, um, ju- just the way that the, the girls seemed expected to perform when they were walking, just there was stuff about it that just made me, as you know, a little bit more enlightened in 2021, a, a little less comfortable than I was back in 2012. No, there or there is some definite problem, even in this episode, some problematic things. Not only that, but that RuPaul says and whatnot, we'll cover that. But yeah, also, now I'm fat and I love the sweat, but this Latrice, oh my god, she is sweating like a whore in church and then they're not <laughs> even doing anything. I think she's just sitting there. I, I was, I, I clocked that. Uh, and I also have Sharon as she, she refers it to it as uh, Latrice's homeland, Africa, because she's yeah. talking about you should cut the pads 
in the shape of Africa. And yeah. And she called, refers to it as Latrice's homeland. Um, but, uh, but you know, to be honest with you, I actually like the mini challenge and I wish the show would go back to basics like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, other than that, that's well, especially because you see now it seems like there, there's an online store for all of that stuff. True. Where it seems like there is where the girls, you know, you, we, we seem to see less and less of the girls having to create their own outfits because they have designers and, you know, you can buy padding online and you can buy jewelry that's specifically made for a larger frame and all of these different things. So to put some of these girls in situations like this, I agree with you. It should there there. Hopefully we will see more challenges, almost a back to basics kind of thing. But I don't know that I don't know that we could. Yeah, no, I agree. All right. Why don't we do this, Taylor? Why don't we take a break? And when we come back, we're going to talk about the rest of the episode. All right. <laughs> It's for this week's maxi challenge. The girls will transform themselves into female wrestlers known as the luscious ladies of the WTF. As the winners of the mini challenge, Fifi, Willem, and Chad are also named team captains and get to choose their teams. And they are as follows. For team Fifi O'Hara, she has Latrice Royale, Kenya Michaels, and LaShawn Beyond. For Willem, it's Dita Ritz, the princess, and Jiggly Caliente. And then for Chad Michaels, we have Milan, Sharon Needles, and Madame LaQueer. Uh, the team needs to decide who will be the heroes, also known as the faces, and who will play the villains, also known as the heels. In the workroom, Madame LaQueer reveals to Team Chad that she recently had an ankle injury, and she needs to be cautious of it. The girls agree to take that into consideration. Meanwhile, over on Team Willem, the princess worries that her pacifist approach to life will conflict with her wrestling skills. Taylor, your thoughts on all things workroom after and the challenge itself? I guess the the thing that really kind of bothered me was Chad seemed a little insensitive <laughs> to the, to the ankle thing where she just seemed very aggressive as far as that. You need to let us know right now if there's a problem kind of thing, which yeah. I thought was not, didn't seem very sensitive to, to that. I liked the team. I liked the, the pairings I thought were really good for the most part. I guess mm-hmm. I want to speak with you a little bit to the idea of last picked. They definitely yes. always seem to make that a thing. And, uh, they, they definitely did that with Madame Laqueer. And mm-hmm. I just, what, what is your history? What is your experience of being selected for things? Were you ever the last picked? No. Luckily, when, and when that was a thing, cause I didn't go out and play, you know, the, the high school that I went to, everyone just ate lunch. I didn't go play sports or lunch. And in grade school, I wouldn't call myself athletic. But I was able to carry myself uh, with competence on whatever sport we were playing to the point. I was never first, right? But definitely in the middle. Was never the last one picked. Okay. Okay. Maybe it was just me that's triggered by that. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I, I can see why it'd be triggered. Yeah, triggering. I don't know that I was ever last picked, but I was mm-hmm. definitely in that bottom third. I was yeah. always definitely kind of in that bottom third. But I always would work adequately hard to hold my own for things Mm -hmm. yeah i again like i said also i I was i was fairly popular in grade school and so i think that Mm -hmm. might have helped it as well so that um 
my friends were always like the jockey kids who were the team captains, so they would choose me early on as well. So maybe I maybe I wasn't even as good as I remember, but I would get I was friends with them, so I would get chosen fairly early okay. in the whole process. So um, yeah, but I did feel sorry for. Well, what's so funny is I had a, a, a conflicting thoughts here, and I was like, oh my god, poor Madame Lequeer. I'm sure I'd be picked last two for something like this because she's a big fat pig like me. And then I was like, and then like she, they get a picker and she goes, okay, now I need to tell you about my ankle. And I was like, oh, bitch, what? <laughs> <laughs> now I know you why you were picked last. Yeah. You're telling well, but me I think now? they also make reference to that. She's sort of a complainer. Yeah. Somebody makes reference to that. So I think that might've been, I don't know that it was necessarily about size because especially something in this, like with a wrestling challenge, you yeah, want and, the big girls. Those are the yeah. ones that you remember with like gorgeous ladies of wrestling, or even some of like the male wrestlers with the WWE, that that was something where you would definitely, you want somebody that has that size to kind of come right. at people. Yeah. And, and Latrice was one of the first ones picked. Latrice wasn't right. The end. Yeah. You're right. Uh, then, and you know, that was the only notes that I had. Uh, well, okay, okay. Well, let's, so, yeah. One other thing that I said was when they went for the training for the choreography, I wrote, well, hello, Joey Zone. So he was the main choreographer, the one in the blue zip up hoodie. Wait, did you know who he was? We're, we're not there yet. We're going to, we're going to go there. Are you ready for this? Oh, I thought you said for even the challenge. So, oh, I just meant like her announcing the challenge. Oh. Uh, all right. Later, the girls join three male wrestlers for tips on how to wrestle like a pro. Everyone takes turns throwing little Kenya Michaels around. LaShawn struggles <laughs> to bring out the boss bitch and herself. The princess can't match Jiggly's energy. And finally, Madame and her trick ankle worries her other teammates. Uh, okay. Now, what were you saying about this guy you're thirsty for? Uh, he was hot. He was very hot. He was hot in a way that if Adam Devine was hot. That okay. it would be, he kind of looked like him only with Perry chest and the little tiny, the tiny little, you know, briefs and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But I was very much, they, they, I wanted them to focus more on him while he was talking. They seemed to do very quick edits with that because everybody wanted to see the Queens, but I wanted to see Joey's own. Very, very what cute. What are your thoughts on this Ryan Phillippe? Ryan Phillippe back in the day was cute, but in a very pretty boy, like, like he was a little too pretty for me, and now I feel like he is not nearly as cute as he used to be, but he's still attractive. He just – some movie that he's in that they're starting to show trailers for, they apparently filmed this in, like, St. Petersburg right before COVID. The, the, some movie with him and Judy Greer called Lady of the Manor. He is so fucking hot now. I feel he's gotten hotter. Anyway, this uh, – I would think Ellis. he would have liked him back in, back both, in like, the 90s. both. Both. Jay Ellis sent me, I guess for a hot minute they posted like his bulging underwear shot that he took like a dick for like a, like a, an app, you know? And he sent it to me. He took a screenshot of it. Um, I'm showing it to you right now. I don't know if you can see. Oh. I'm like, hello, Ryan Phillippe. He took a dick pic for like a, an app? I don't know where they got it. Jay just saw it and took a screenshot and he said, now you can't even find it. He sent it to me. Anyway, so uh, I don't know why I just randomly. I was going to say, what does that have to do with anything they were talking about? I I just figured, I I thought trigger words there would be Adam Devine. No. Uh, (laughs) Now, here's the thing. 
I feel nowadays they would use female wrestlers. They wouldn't use male wrestlers. To teach them, you mean? To teach them, yeah. Okay. They would have gotten female wrestlers to teach the queens how to. There is a there is a very slight difference in the show. Uh, we see it several times where they're definitely like you are men who dress as women, and therefore we're gonna when you're not in drag, we're gonna treat you like men. And I feel the show has changed now. Okay, to be you're always women, whether you're in or out of drag. Yes. And by the way, I live for that second part more. Yeah. Um, no, I I, I, I I get that. I also do love that they blurred out Madame's butt crack when she I, was falling on the ground. I talked about that as far as the drama of the ankle when she fell and the underbelly. That is like my biggest nightmare whenever I go out exposed, like the underside of the belly hanging out the bottom of my shirt. As, as a big guy, that is something that, I mean, we definitely... Babalu and I have the where you kind of look at it and you scratch your nose and that means to pull your shirt down because you don't want the the white whale popping out the bottom of anything. But yeah. doing I just feel like they 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 done did her dirty with that. Yeah, I don't know if anyone would have noticed. I I have an embarrassing story about that, which is so funny this comes up because this just I hadn't thought about it in years, but it just crossed my mind like last week. But I remember at the wedding of a friend of mine, I was sitting at the table and he, the groom, my friend, came up and whispered in my ear, we can all see your butt crack for the chair. Uh, oh, it was so <laughs> Oh, so embarrassed. I guess my shirt just came out. And I wasn't yeah. even that fat then. It was just like, I don't know, the way I was sitting or the way, I don't know. Thanks so then what did know. you do? Did you immediately like st- stand straight up and suddenly start pulling up your pants? Or Yeah, essentially, yeah. <laughs> Awful. Well, I feel Awful. like the the blur like made it worse. Yes, because you noticed it more. Yeah, yeah. But I like how like earlier they showed Willem like in full on his bulge and his like little jeep. I'm in a, they don't blur I'm a jock. Yeah, yeah. That. They don't have that. But then because later on, I was mentioning it now, Willem's butt crack shows somewhere, and they blur that too. And I'm like, why are they afraid of a little butt crack? Well, no, it was, this was on Logo, too, so it wasn't even like they were held to, you know, it's not like it was NBC or anything. No, no, it wasn't. It was Logo. Uh, anything else on this choreography lesson? No, just the things that I wrote were Joey's own and uh, Madame and the ankle, the underbelly, and the blurred, the blurred butt crack. All right. Next, RuPaul entered the workroom for some table visits over on Team Fifi. RuPaul cautions the girls against wearing beards and encourages LaShawn to bring out the bitch. On Team Willem, RuPaul warns Jiggly she needs to step her pussy up if she wants to stay out of the bottom. Any thoughts on these table visits? The one thing that I thought, with the, with the one note that I had was talking about the idea of bearded queens. And it just shows how I... behind Ru is that we've seen now bearded queens on all sorts of other shows and all sorts of other she's even done challenges a couple years later about bearded queens and the idea that she would make some statement of you know you're supposed that you're supposed that you want to turn them on yeah i'm like that's not what wrestling is at least not for gay guys watching women wrestling but yeah it's it's just was a very close-minded comment to make we're only and two we're only a year or two away from conchita worst winning eurovision and you're right she even says 
you need to be beautiful. You need to be pretty. And I'm like, yes. That, and so it shows you that RuPaul pretend, I mean, I believe in people evolving. Like I've evolved, I, you know, probably like, you know, however many years ago, I would have agreed with RuPaul, right? But I've evolved. Uh-huh. And I'm not saying that RuPaul hasn't evolved. Perhaps she has. But I'm willing to admit I've evolved. And I don't think she would. I think yeah. she would lie and say she's always, she's always thought that. I've always thought that. Right. Right. You know, and I think that's where it gets crazy. Uh, at the end, RuPaul does say like, oh, and the guest judges are Rick Fox and John Sally. And they all go, the girls go like, oh, Rick Fox. And just, the only thing I might, like they knew who they were. The only thing I might say is Rick Fox was married to Vanessa Williams at one point. Right. right? I was going to yeah. say, that's how all those queens knew that because she was married to Vanessa Williams. Yeah. And then John Sally's the one that's gay. Is he? I don't know. I could have made that up. Check to see if John Sally's gay. Maybe he's not gay. Maybe someone will say, you know, Jordan Darling, I bet you he's stomping his fists over when he's listening to this right now because he knows, you know, Jordan Darling knows sports. Jordan Darling will tell anybody who's listening that he loves sports. He married Natasha Duffy in 1993. They have two children together. He also has a daughter from a previous relationship. He is a member of Omega Psi Phi, initiated Mm -hmm. through New Omega Chapter in Detroit. So, no. Who's the gay basketball player? Jordan Darling really wrote in the chat room that he loves sports. I love you know sports. What, That's all he you know. What, you know what Jordan Darling's really good at? And I've never seen anyone. This is a weird one. He can do an impression of me perfectly. Uh-huh. But only via text. He can like do an impression of me, but via text. Okay, where he just writes out what you would say. Yeah, and you're like, oh, this is Joe Batanz. He's nailed yeah. it. Yeah, he's really good. You should look for it. Uh, all right, let's move on here. Uh, oh, it's time for the wrestling match. We're going to talk about the wrestling match. The first people we have up are Ellie's finest. It's LaShawn Beyond and Fifi O'Hare are the heroes. And this versus the Bitter Bettys, who are Latrice Royale and Kenya Michaels. They're the villains. Uh, did you have any thoughts on this particular match? I loved the storyline for this one, and it mm-hmm. makes me mad that they didn't keep the beards. But yeah. I also love the idea of Latrice and Kenya being partners because yeah. they are so completely different. It yeah. made perfect sense as far as the wrestling world goes. I also thought that their choreography was the best was the best of the three groups. It was it was the most well done. Even though one of these four does end up in the bottom. I mm-hmm. thought that Latrice in particular, you really thought she was beating the shit out of the, out of uh, Fifi yeah. and LaShawn. Uh, well, the only note I have, well, I have a couple of notes here is one Kenya's doing that scream that for some reason, Puerto Rican girls, especially at this stage, because uh, what's her name was season three was just like this too. What was her name? She was an all-star six. Jessica wild. No, Jessica wild wasn't all Was she an all-star six? Well, she was one of the lip lip sync. No, no, no. She was a contestant. The she came in like fourth in season three. Why can't I remember her name? I don't know her. Right, (laughs) Yara Sophia. Yara Yara Sophia. Sophia. Thank you, thank you, Tom Bombs. Uh, Yara Sophia. uh, She would do the same thing. She's screaming and yelling all the time. And Kenya was also very Kenya. And then the other star six feels so far away. Oh, it was only like less than a month ago. I and know. then um, finally, Team Fifi. I, I had trouble telling who the villains were and who were the hero, the faces were. Who were the faces? Who were the heels? I had trouble 
with that. All right, next we had uh, Team Willem. They were called DWF'd. It was Willem and Dita Ritz as the faces versus Thunder and Booty, Thunder Booties, as, and that's the Princess and Legitly Caliente as the heels slash the villains. Uh, now, your thoughts here? I have none. <laughs> I, I wrote, there was no connection as mm-hmm. far as the fighting goes. It was clear they were very far away from each other. Um, mm-hmm. And it just didn't look like they were actually fighting. And yeah. I thought that Willem in particular was horribly overacting. You know, I think that. Oh yeah. He thinks he's a really good the, actor. Yeah. Some of the subtlety that um, they were saying they wanted people to kind of ramp it up. Mm-hmm. She could have ramped it down. <laughs> I yeah. think a little bit. It just didn't make and any sense. And she prides herself on how good of an actress she is. And finally, we have uh, t- team Chad Michaels. It was called the knockouts. That was uh, M- Milan and Sharon needles of the faces versus the bitch kickers. Who were Chad Michaels and Madame LaQueer. Uh, your thoughts on Team Chad? Taylor? I thought it was a dumb idea for a storyline, particularly mm-hmm. with the whole we gave you like STIs from your panties or something like that. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, the only other thing that I wrote was they never showed Milan fighting. Oh, they didn't? No. Mm-hmm. No, they, they, they never show Milan in the ring. They show the other three contestants. Oh, interesting. Uh, all right. It's elimination day. The girls get ready for the runway. Jiggly worries that the princess will bring down her team or their team. Latrice and LaShawn snap swap wisdom about drag and Madame LaQueer has lost contact with her given family and chooses to spend time with her chosen family. Uh, Taylor, any thoughts on elimination day here? Um, I really kind of don't have a whole lot of thoughts. I just, the whole idea of chosen family is just a common theme that we definitely see throughout the seasons. And it just speaks so much to the importance of that. You know, that is one thing that when they talk about that, as far as whether it's the chosen family of this new sisterhood, or they talk about their chosen family in their, you know, their hometown bars or whatever, that is a storyline that I always kind of enjoy hearing about. Because, you know, as gay people, we get to choose our families. Oh, you love that quote. Yes, we do get to choose our families. Uh, look, the only thoughts I have are this. Um, they talked about how bad the princess was, but they didn't really, I'm not saying she wasn't, but the editors didn't really show us that. I don't think what we saw was the princess being particularly bad. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I think maybe they were struggling. I don't, I don't think there was anybody who was outrageously bad, was there? They were all either middle of the road or good. Like, I thought most of Willem's group was not great. Okay. All right. Fair enough. And then in that Elimination Day uh, tear fest with Madame Queer, why was Chad crying? Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know why. Uh, all right. Now it's time for our, well, one person's favorite part of the show. It's time for the looks, and Taylor doesn't know this yet. He's just going to give some of his favorites and some of his uh, least favorites. And you stand up, Taylor. That would involve me knowing what the looks look like, and I only remember one of them. (laughs) Oh, perfect. All right. What's the one you remember? I remember Sharon's. I thought Sharon looked great. That that was a great juxtaposition from the the zombie apocalypse look where she yeah. had on. It was sort of like a combination of a, of like a pea green and pink outfit, mm-hmm. which I also think there is something very ugly about that color combination, but it's still very pretty. 
Yeah. And I thought that she I thought that she looked good, but I don't remember any, but I remember uh Dita's look where she had it looked kind of like a t-shirt type dress. I do remember that. But, and but the, the wig um, was still thirsty. That the wig is still thirsty with the big bow on it. Uh I remember I remember Madame Laqueer's look was I remember I liked Madame Laqueer's wig. It was sort of an asymmetrical kind of short bob mm-hmm. and she had on it was a blue and black and white type outfit. Um LaShawn looked ridiculous with the big balls glued on that outfit. Mm-hmm. And they gave Jiggly a hard time about her dress that was all very kind of iridescent and stuff. Mm-hmm. I actually thought she looked really pretty. Mm-hmm. So, and I well, don't remember I have, anybody else's. I have here for you the looks. I'm going to send them to you. So you can take a last, you know, look. I'm going to send you a little message board thing right here. Um, okay. That should get you what you want. Okay. It was episode two. When is, is this the right? Did I send you the right one? You did not. I uh, know. I have the right one right here. I sent you. Okay. I have the right one now. I sent to you again. This is the great production value you can expect here <laughs> at uh, Repulse Drive. Recap. Okay, so all right, so do you want me to just say the ones that I like, the ones that you like? All right, I don't like Chad Michaels. <laughs> okay, I oh my god, how do they? How do you find things in this? I don't know. I I I don't know. I can't, I can't figure out which ones are which. So don't, don't worry about it. I I, I said oh, the yeah, ones it, that it goes I, it goes left to right. So you see next to it says Chad Michael, and you click Dita Ritz. Okay, with her cheesecake so, dress and then Jiggly Caliente. Okay, this is this is so Chad Michaels. You like Chad all Michaels? Right. Chad Michaels is all right. Okay, Dita, Dita Ritz, Ritz. I was not a fan of this one. So. Jiggly Caliente, Jiggly Caliente was an iridescent with kind of a poofy bottom that was a lavender color. Uh, I like that one. So, Kenya, oh, am I being told if my, if my answers are correct or not? Yes. Okay. Kenya Michaels came out with looking very Nicki Minaj. Did not like this one. LaShawn Beyond with the big weird balls along the side. And I did like the actual bottom of the dress, but the balls on top, the gumballs looking thing, made it look very cheap. So no, I did not care for this one. Latrice Royale came out wearing something that you could get at Dress Barn. Uh, This was not necessarily, so it was pink on pink. Um, Somebody made the reference of Star Jones, which made me laugh because I actually thought she looks like Star Jones here. So, uh, not a fan of this. Madame Laqueer came out what I was talking about in the blue outfit with the kind of the crinlin underneath and the asymmetrical bob. Uh, I, I do like this look. The skirt could probably have been just a tiny bit longer. Um, but were you like the taffy? But a- <laughs> Now I have to send this to her later and say, I didn't know you were on Drag Race. So, uh, yeah, I did like this. Mm. All right. I can't get them all right. So Milan came out in, I, this, no, she came out in some 
sheer white thing with po- black polka dots on it and red shoes. Um, no, this is not. This is not a full look. This is not good. Fifi O'Hara came out in an outfit that I think was supposed to be very real housewives inspired with big hair and uh, teal feathered earrings and big teal jewelry. Uh, she, it, I will say this for Billy B, it did definitely age her. She looked much older than she actually is. Not a good look. Sharon Needles came out, as I said, in that pea green. And oh, now looking at this, it might be peach, but it's sort of a pink dress. And I thought... Again, compared to the look last week, this shows a lot of versatility on her part. So I very much liked this look. So the princess came out in something that my um, sophomore cotillion date Regina would have worn in 1989. Um, Not a good look. It's like pink and black. And she had that kind of windblown shifted wig that we've saw for a while that all of the queens were wearing and it's just not a it's just not a great look so no don't like this one and finally the willem the willem willem came out in a denim vest and these little pink like it just this was not a good look so forehead for days on willem with this and uh it, it was not a good look all right, and I believe those are all the looks. Those are all the looks. All right, very good. Tainer the Latte Boy. On the main stage, Rue names Team Chad as the winning team. Next, Rue Paul singles out Chad Michaels and Madame LeQueer as the winners of the challenge. Fifi, Kenny, Kenny? Who's Kenny? Oh, Kenya Michaels. <laughs> Fifi, Kenya, and Latrice are safe, and RuPaul sends them on their way. That leaves the Princess and LaShawn Beyond in the bottom two, Forcing them to duke it out in a lip sync battle for their lives. The song, Bad Girls by Donna Summer. In the end, the princess was told Shantae you stay, while LaShawn Beyond was asked to sashay away. Tim of the Latte Boy, any final thoughts on the episode? Yes, yeah, something that I wanted to talk about, particularly why I hate Billy B, was that he offers nothing constructive, was the comment... Um, when Jiggly came out where he said, wow, Kamora Lee Simmons got fat. Mm-hmm. That, I, again, that is one of those things that they could never say on a season 13, season 14. Because that that's mm-hmm. just bullying at that point. Yeah. There's nothing constructive about that. There isn't anything that Jiggly could do about that at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, I also thought that all of the judges were very low energy, including Rick mm-hmm. Fox and, mm-hmm. and, and, and including Michelle. Michelle didn't seem her usual, like, ha-ha energy that she normally yeah. is, which mm-hmm. I noticed. Um, the other thing is that I noticed was the weird pose that Willem stands in, where he kind of mm-hmm. stands at three-quarter, where he's got his hand on his hip the whole time, very mm-hmm. pageant-y. But given what we know about Willem, that it feels like Willem kind of went on the show to fuck with everybody, I'm almost wondering if that was deliberate. Mm-hmm. Um, do you and- buy into that narrative, or do you think it's Willem just trying to rewrite, that he like, he doesn't care? Uh, a little bit of both, maybe. Mm-hmm. He went, Just from what he's talked about on Race Chaser, I feel like he realized mm-hmm. that. I think he may have realized early on that this was not what he expected it to be. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, the, the lip sync, I just wrote, don't ever take off your shoes. The fact that they filmed mm-hmm. her taking off her shoes before the song even started was, mm-hmm. you know, if I didn't already know the death knell, that would have been, that would have been it. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing I have is for Billy B, 
thinking that Kenya Michaels is the one to beat. Yeah, that's another dumb. That was just another dumb statement. Well, because he was still maybe trying to impress RuPaul, like in that whole like. Because remember, Ru, uh, they've just crowned, they've crowned BB, they've crowned um, Tyra, they've crowned Raja, and so he's going for glam and uh, illusion, female illusion. Right, and, you know, Kenya gives very strong female illusion. So I think in his head, he goes like, "Well, he's going to call it right now that she's the winner." Um, yeah. Meanwhile, they're and I'm not saying that RuPaul knows, but they're going to take uh, a spin on that. They're not going to necessarily follow that this season. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, on that. Uh, all right, tell you, have, have all your thoughts been shared? Yeah, I think Ru looked dumb. I hated the dress that Ru had on. <laughs> Yeah, you, you're very. You, I always forget to ask you about RuPaul's. Yeah, look. I just she just said that not a great look. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, well, why don't we call it a day there? Uh, that's going to do it for this week's episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Be sure to join us next week and every week as we continue to discuss, dissect, and deconstruct each and every episode of RuPaul's Drag Race season four. So for Taylor the Latte Boy and myself, sashay away until next week. for listening to RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Have something to say? Email us at dragracerecap at afterthought.media You can also leave us a voicemail at speakpipe.com slash afterthoughtmedia Follow us on Twitter at Drag Race Recap For more access to LGBTQ content, support us over at Patreon at patreon.com slash afterthoughtmedia you can follow Taylor the Latte Boy on Twitter and Instagram at P-I-M-C Taylor. Follow Joe Batance on Twitter and Instagram at Joe Batance. This episode was produced by Zach Birch. Drag Race Recap is an Afterthought Media podcast.